I'm Reverend J. Stewart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today I have with me a friend of mine, a, a special guest, who, who would like to share from his lived experience of what happened to him as someone who is diagnosed with diabetes. And, well, let, let's let him tell us what happened along this journey. So, Andrew, come on in the room and, and let us know what happened to you after you found out that you were diagnosed with um, diabetes. Hi. Uh, well, I developed diabetes in March of 2001. Uh, it's a family trait, so I had all the classic symptoms of uh, some of these things I'd studied before. Dry mouth, constant thirst, and constant urination. Immediately I went to a doctor and was uh, uh, diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes and just to inform the public. That's uh, when if you would do a finger stick. Once you go to the doctor, they're going to do the finger stick. And if your uh, hemoglobin, if your, uh, I'm sorry, your glucose level is uh, 200 or above, that's it. You've broken the plane. You're a diabetic. You can run the the a good safe range for anyone is at, from about 70. It's a range for your glucose level from 70 to about 139 and everything in between. You're fine. When you start to break into 160, 70, 80, 200, you're done. So you're going, to have to be, you're going to likely have to be put on some type of medication uh, uh, once they determine if you're type 1 or type 2 and what you need. Generally, it starts you out with a pill called glipicide. And so from there, so uh, as time went on, I uh, tried to do my own research, listening to some of the doctors saying that you can have a little piece of uh, grapes and five or six of them. You can have a little piece of bagel. You can't have any of that. This is what I've learned to date. Fast forwarding 22 years, um, it will take your A1C, which is another hidden number that they, that they find in your blood through a blood test, uh, where they uh, draw blood and they send it out to the lab, and the lab is directed to check your A1C. If that A1C is not at least 5.4 or 5.5 or, or below, um, and you're getting up in the double digits, that's going to ping on your kidney. That is the general characteristic of diabetes. Sometimes it may be your eyes. Uh, lots of times it could be your eyes. You can't see well. Get that down and your, your sight comes back. If you keep getting up on those double-digit numbers on your A1C, eventually you, won't be, you can go blind. Um, but the main thing that it will attack when the A1C is in double digits instead of single digits, it will attack your kidney. The doctors should be telling you how to eat and what to eat, but be aware of this little unclave, this little secret thing that the doctor that you go to, you need to check your credentials. And I was told this a while back, and I just kind of like, I don't know if this went by me, but it's, it's to live it as a fact, it's, it's crazy. Check to see if the doctor you're seeing is an MD, a medical doctor specialized in that field, dealing with a specific uh, chronic, chronic chronic disease or whatever it is that you have. Make sure that the doctor specializes in that. If not, get you one. They're out there. You're primarily going to deal with what's called a PA. That is a physician's assistant. A physician's assistant is just a cut above a nurse. He's somewhere being between a high-end nurse and the beginning of a doctor who's starting out. That doctor doesn't know everything you need to know when it comes to specialized treatment. So in my case, the doctor didn't, wasn't able to tell me how to eat. He would get upset if the numbers were off, and I would say, well, okay, well, what do we do? 
Well, you got to get it down. Okay, you're the doctor. How? So, it's, so this this person that you're seeing was a PA. Was fact. a PA. They're dangerous. Right. Yes. He he was a PA, and yeah. and he you what you're saying is that he kind of um, failed to to give you the proper direction. Um, right. But you know, before we even go any further, it's interesting that you you keep mentioning numbers and 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 being aware of the numbers from your blood tests and stuff Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. But one of the problems is that people go to one of these PAs or a doctor even, and never even uh, they rely on the doctor to tell them what's wrong. Exactly. And they don't even are not even familiar with the uh, analyzing or even looking at the numbers that are produced by these reports. They don't request a copy of the report. So they just go and they feel like they've done everything they need to do by sitting in the doctor's office. And I was kind of, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I guess you could say an example of that. And also at the same time, I'm a victim of that. Mm-hmm. And as I started to, as the years went by and I saw things, I said, well, why am I headed down this downward slope? It wasn't sick or anything, but just things weren't quite the way they were supposed to be in so far as keeping everything in line. So my thing was, was this, my answer to that was this, this PA See, I think it's a money thing here. This PA, instead of having me come back to visit him over and over again, giving me these reports that you need to fix this and fix that, not telling me how, is at that particular time, you should have been giving me over to a referral to an endocrinologist, which is a diabetic specialist. And never did that. And so I could see very immediately, right away, that's a money grab. So what happened to your um, kidney numbers? Well, that's, that's one of the things, I was, as I was bringing up earlier, if the numbers are in double digits, and even though I got them down from time to time, just on my own, and, and was going by what they were telling me, that you can eat grapes and you can eat a little bit of this, not much, just a little this, it's all, that's, that diet that they give you, when I first came down with diabetes, they gave me this diet, that diet is, is a killer. I don't know if they don't know enough about this uh, particular ailment or, or condition, or, or they don't, I, I hate to say that they don't, I would hate to use the words that they don't care because they do take a hypocritical oath to, just to save lives and further uh, lives, good quality in your life, uh, having a good quality of life. But um, they never told me, and the things that they were telling me to eat were wrong. Now, when I finally got in trouble some years later, recently, I um, double digits and I would go back to a nice area, but I wouldn't stay there long because what they were telling me to eat would take you back up to the A1C number being double digit. That's one way of checking your blood, uh, your blood sugar levels. The other way is by, you get this little machine, this little mini computer where you do a glucose test. You pluck your finger and then you, you put it on a like a slide and you put it into the machine. And the machine will give you a reading and you'll see where your range is. And as I said, a good safety range is from 70 to 139 and everything in between. People differ. Uh, there's no one monolithic approach for everybody. It's very close. But everybody's body, you have people that are maybe obesely overweight. Uh, you have people like myself who's like 175 pounds. Um, so my metabolism runs high. I can burn that up. The other person cannot. As a matter of fact, if you're heavier, you have more problems with these numbers. So instead of giving me to an endocrinologist, I think it was for him, it was a money thing. Keep coming to me. Keep coming. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you make it. And, uh, if you don't make it too bad, I guess, because that's what happened. But so he, ne- he never made the referral? Never made a referral. And what happened to the, to the kidney numbers? He did make the referral when he saw the kidney level going down, because every time it goes to double digits, as I said, when your A1C goes to double digits, not the finger prick. This is the one they check by taking a blood test, and the blood test is earmarked just to check that A1C number. And that number got up too high. Then he it, and had done over the years that me going to this guy, never giving me a referral almost 10 years. So he sees that the nephron, your kidney, 
which your kidney is the nephron, and it controls all the organs in your body. It can shut you down. It's death. Uh, when he saw that that number was in trouble, uh, supposedly this is irreversible, but when he saw that that number was low, once you reach anything below 60, you've already started chronic kidney disease. They could take you years and years, and even, even though with that, when he saw that he had diagnosed that, he said, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be at 60. That's supposed to be your GFR. The GFR is the, is an is a, is a alphanumeric code as to where you should be. So you should be at 60. I was at a GFR of 68, at 58, 558 five, at 58. And at that point, he should have had me to go out to see a, nef a nephrologist. And that nephrologist could have slowed the process down, maybe even just stopped it. There are a lot of meds out there. Uh, I'm, I'm getting involved in it now. So at, at 58, he didn't give you a referral? Didn't give me a referral. Okay. He gave me a referral when I was at third stage kidney failure. And what, around what numbers? That number was 31. And the range run from 31 to 59. Because 59, it starts, you just one point from that, that magic number of 60, but right. you're starting to decrease. But they can hold you out there. You have a great chance. Now, I'm at, I'm at stage three uh, kidney dysfunction. And from stage three, which is 31 to say, I think 44, you're in, you're in a bit of, bit of trouble. They said it's moderate. But the next stage, if you drop to, to 15, you're on dialysis. Mm -hmm. So it's on a downward slope. Now how you fight this is, and I had to do my own research, went on the internet and looked up these nephrologists and their suggestions, and then I had to get on this really special diet where I've lost quite a bit of weight. Uh, and. Uh, this whole thing, that the, the part to me, I don't have time to get upset and feel sorry and, and do myself further harm by, by having negative thoughts and, and, and just giving up. We're not doing that. We're going to fight. Um, but the thing is, he sent me to a, a, a nephrologist. He gave me that referral when I was already, it was too late. I was already in trouble. So we start to work on this thing. Um, the nephrologist that I went to, I kind of got the same feeling because at this point now I'm aware of these PAs and he said, oh, I'm going to check you for cancer. I said, well, no. So I went and I went to uh, another another hospital where I did get a specialist to work on this and we're working on it now. So I'm on some medications. One of the big ones is uh, any kind of a statin for, uh, for um, not for potassium, but for uh, cholesterol. cholesterol. Uh, problem being is you need that because your potassium level when the kidney is not functioning fully starts to rise because the kidney's not digesting all this stuff. Starts to rise. If that starts to rise and gets above a number, gets above a four, you're moving toward a heart failure. So, ironically, a lot of this stuff was uh, controllable by having a, pretty much purely a vegetarian diet. Is what I'm on, and um, the A1 the the, uh, not the A1C, but the, the potassium number went down to, I think, about a four or three. I'm right. I was at the emergency room recently, and I'm right there. The doctor said I was feeling some chest pains. That was a reaction to a medication that I'm taking, the chest pains. It's called Lokelma, the medication to, 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 to hold down the potassium. You know, it's having a little side effect from it. So what we found out was that only taking the medicine for about three days, uh, that it... Um, it was lower, it had lowered the potassium down to a level, uh, a manageable level. I'm trying to find out now if I need to stay on that because I don't want to do, I don't want to go further with these side effects. But uh, also, and, and by exercising, exercise every day. I've, I've been an athlete all my life. They say, well, I say they, the medical profession says that when your GFR number drops down low, drops down at all, that it's irreversible. 
fact of the matter is, I was at, 30, at GFR 31 and was exercising and taking that med. And when, by the time I got to the emergency room, my GFR number had gone up to 35. It went up. It went, that, that goes against all medical science. Strict on my diet. Strictly stick to it. Nuts. I eat nuts. I eat um, nuts are fine. Watch the peanut butter. Too much peanut butter will give you kidney stones. And I heard that they're, they're really rough to pass. Let me ask you a question, though. <clears throat> Just backing up again. Um, when you went from, at one point, you recognized uh, that they, the blood test showed that your number, your, your kidney right. numbers was 58. Mm -hmm. and, and eventually it dropped down to 31. Mm -hmm. What was the time frame of that drop? Almost 10 years. 10 years. Oh, and, and they watched it drop all the way down to 31. Yeah. When I when I would go back to the doctor, it was it was dropping, and he just he didn't even mention it anymore. Okay. He needed me to come in. He charges my insurance. I don't see it. I only pay a twenty five dollar uh, copay, but he's probably getting twenty five hundred bucks. So I guess so for for the listening audience again to repeat, one of the lessons learned is that we need to be attentive. We need to be attentive. to to the reports that are being. We need to be attentive to the reports and. But more critically, mm -hmm. we need to get to the specialist who works on that particular But This guy, this mm -hmm. PA, mm -hmm. he'll give you the reports and tell you to come back to me. Right. And he's not doing Here's the deal. They end up, like right now, I'm dealing with this. I'm going to see a nephrologist tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, we're doing some things because we're treating the effects. We're not treating, we're treating the symptoms. Right. It's going, going pretty well. But we're treating the symptoms. We're not treating the cause. Mm -hmm. And here we go again. Are doctors there to keep you sick? My question is, is he there to keep you sick or is he there to make you well? So it's a little, it's a little eye-opening that you're treating the symptoms and you're not treating the cause. So you're going to keep on having the symptoms. They're going to come up. You're going to control them back down. You're going to wait and you're not treating the cause. They're going to come up again to go back. So I'm, I will have a great discussion with this nephrologist tomorrow. Finally seeing a nephrologist, believe it or not, for the really, really to sit down with the nephrologist. This is the first time. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the changes that you made to your diet that we should take into consideration as we put things in our mouth. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. It's uh, now be be reminded that I'm also uh, a type two diabetic. So it, it, you're you're going to have a diet in either case, and they're slightly different from each other. So if I didn't have the diabetes, I would still have to have a diet at this particular point because of the condition of the kidney. It's uh, not functioning 100%. It's functioning pretty well, but it's not 100%. So now uh, for the diabetic diet. Uh, you, have to do, you have to count your carbs. And here's where we get in trouble with this, and I think it's bad advice from a lot of the doctors who are not specialists, who are PAs, trying to dip into a field that they're not specialized in. They'll tell you, well, you can have a little bit of bread. You, you can have some fruit. You cannot. You can have some grapes. You can have six potato chips. This guy's counting off junk food to me. You cannot. You absolutely cannot. When I got into this crucial state over the past three months, and I'm thinking about what they have been telling me to eat all along. It was wrong. Mm -hmm. You have to pull back from everything you eat and start back. On the diabetic side, I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You start back with meat and a vegetable. And then look around for slow-burning carbs, such as whole wheat bread. Has a little flour. You don't want to eliminate the carb. What you want to do is you want to, you want to manage it where you want to level the carb. They're vegetables. Let's say that, that I eat whole wheat bread, and maybe I eat a slice too much, they may be able to elevate my number just a little bit. We're not talking about double digits. We're not trying to get up there anymore. So, so I'm, I'm 5.4, and I'm ahead of 2 out of 6. Not, not bad, but we don't want to head nowhere. We want to keep that low. So if you have that bread, 
not not white bread. Please stay away from that. Whole wheat bread. Whole grain, eh, one of those grains is flour. <laughs> whole wheat bread's got a little flour in it too, but not as much. It's it's a, it's a fiber bread. Good. So uh, if you have a little bit too much of that, then go grab a vegetable like broccoli, uh, cauliflower, uh, and those two that I know right away that I've eaten those, and what it does, it levels your blood sugar. Vegetables, who thought of that? Who would have thought of that? And you're starting to now get into the herbal world, and a lot of doctors are not into the herbal, holistic uh, approach to stuff, but that's it, it, it working for me. I'll tell you this, um, let's just put the kidney issue to the side for a second. So by me doing that, and I stuck with that diet, and here's the key, you have to be disciplined. You have to look at it as life and death. You have to stay on that diet. You have to eat the same thing every day. You're gonna look nice after a while because your, your body starts to take a nice form, you know, because you're losing that weight. And exercise. Don't just look to lose weight. Don't just look to stick with the diet. You have to exercise. Get up in the morning. Do some jumping jacks. I don't care how heavy you are. If you can't do five, get on the floor and do some sit-ups. I do 40 a day. If you can, do five or 10. And every week, add, a, add another one until you get to a certain number that you're comfortable with and that you know that's helping you. Uh, I do these things I call around the world. While I, I uh, hold myself on the waist and from the torso up, just go around and around. That's good for your stomach. It also helps you, uh, as you have constipation problems, helps you go to the bathroom. Uh, but stick with that diet and exercise. Walk. Those of you who can't run, walk. Get on a treadmill. Go out of the house. Walk around the park. Walk. Move. If you don't move it, you'll lose it. Uh, with sugar, you have to move because it'll burn up the excess. So that's it. You have a very skinny diet. It's meat, a vegetable, and a little bit of brown rice. Don't let anybody tell you you can have a slice of pie. It's not going to hurt you. These are these people, just regular folks, walk up. They want to feel like they're smart. You can have a piece of that pie. It's not going to hurt you. They have no idea what they're talking about. Don't put that in your body. So you want to stay with the exercise, and you want to stay with the uh, uh, with the skinny diet. I call it a skinny diet because you're not eating anything. It's meat, a vegetable, any kind of vegetable, and a meat. Now, let's go over to the kidney side of things now that I have this kidney condition. Um, and at the end of this, I'm going to give you an, at the end game, uh, which, which is the bright light at the end of the tunnel. And there is one. I didn't think there was, but there is one. Uh, so now let's go to the kidney side. Now, the kidney side, when the kidney's not functioning at 100%, and you read CKD, you get a CKD at 44, which is a decent number, but once you're off that 60, that GFR of 60, you're already starting to head head down. It's a slow process. Be aware, be mindful that it is a slow, if you take years. But if you're headed there and you're not aware of it, or if you're headed there and the doctor did make you aware of it, well, right away, as I said before, and I keep reiterating, you have to get to a nephrologist who is a specialist in that field. That's what he does. That's all he does. Not the PA. I think the PA is there to make money. Uh, that's Which is why he'll hold back that referral, have you come into him, and then when he gets desperate, he'll shoot you over there. It's too late. For, for conventional stuff. Uh, I'm headed toward, a, likely I'm headed, I'm very well likely headed toward a, a, a transplant. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty, I'm pretty definitely headed toward a transplant. And I've already started to study uh, that particular portion of, 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 of this condition. So now when you get on the diet for the kidney, <laughs> it gets skinnier. Uh, you can't have meat. When your kidney's not function, functioning at 100%, you, you, um, you really shouldn't have it, uh, red meat. Uh, you could eat a little shrimp, and I'm talking about count off four or five, not a big plate. Saute that, stay away from animal fat, stay away from, stay away from trans fat, animal fat. Um, again, vegetables are huge. So that's where it goes a little synonymous with the diabetic diet. 
uh, have your vegetables. And if you're going to have shrimp, let's say you're going to have a shrimp dish tonight, don't think about conventional way of eating now. You're only going to count off four of them. That's it, four prawns, three or four prawns. You're going to have that. Kidney beans, not because they look like kidneys in the name kidney beans. This is one of the things that was prescribed to me by uh, a nephrologist that I saw that I'm not going to stay with, but I just had to get started. So I, you, you make that, you cut up some onions and peppers in there, and you saute that. You boil it. Don't put any oil. Just boil it. If you're going to use any kind of oil, use a, a canola oil, which is an oil that they use for using people that have had heart problems. Um, use that, and not a lot. So you cook that up. You cook some broccoli, string beans, aspa- uh, not asparagus, uh, broccoli, string beans, and uh, cauliflower. That's your dish. Your meat is probably the beans. And if you have that shrimp, you're only going to have that shrimp once in a week. You might. You don't want to have anything that's threatening to the kidney in that condition on a constant basis. Space it out because it will wear the kidney down and the kidney won't process it. And that stuff backs up in your system. You're looking at maybe septic shock. So they already got. They already always have to check those numbers to make sure that you're on point with that. So uh, when you reach a GFR of 15, you're now on dialysis. If you don't, if you're not on dialysis, then it's fatal. So you have to get on the dialysis uh, at least two to three times a week, depending on the doctor and how you're doing. And if you're a person that works out or whatever, you know, so I said the exercise is important and your diet is important. Um, and then it's twice a week and you can go to work. Um, and at that point, you're now a candidate for a kidney transplant. I, I was told I'm 70 years old. I'm fit. I work out. I run. I work out daily. So I look like I'm much younger. I have the body of a boxer. I'm cut up, all that. So that's not your normal 70-year-old. Um, and I had a doctor tell me, here we go with the PA again. Well, you know, uh, people with your, with, at your age group, they just, you can't get a transplant. And then she contradicts herself. She goes, I said, I can't get a transplant. She goes, no, because they'd rather save the kidney. This was weird to me. They'd rather save the kidney for younger people because they have a, a longer lifespan. That's not guaranteed. If you get hit by a car, hit by a bus. What if I am that guy who I am, who works out and, 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 and have good health and good blood pressure? And good, my blood pressure is awesome. 118 over 64, 118 over 58, 122 over 58. So without even diagnosing me, she's telling me, basically, you're not giving me no hope. So I said, she's not giving me any hope. So I said, okay, I'm going somewhere else, which is what I'm doing now. I also went and I Googled that research. That's a lie. Uh, as, as old as 85 years old, a person that people have been getting tra- uh, kidney transplants. Is that true? So be careful. That's why I say get to that specialist, because these people are in the in their the, the bottom line is is the bottom line. They're in the business of making money. These PAs, there's a cadre of them. Once you get your diagnosis from a PA, get away from him. Get away from him. You'll find immediately that once he's diagnosed you with a specialized condition. He will not prefer you to a person that works on that. He wants you to keep coming to him. And he makes, I guess he makes, I don't know, he, I guess he makes a certain amount of money. And when he's made that money, then okay, I'll send you over there. And at that point, when you really look closely at your diagnosis and pull up all of your, your, your records and whatnot and look and look at them, you'll see that it's you're crucial, at a crucial point now. And that's another thing. Uh, you have the right under the Federal Patients' Bill of Rights that was done some time ago, over 15 years ago, 20 years ago, where you can demand your records, everything that that doctor has worked on you with for five years, 10 years, everything that's in that computer, you can be, he might charge you. Right? And that's just a thing that they might do, but you have a right to your medical, uh, Article 14 of that, of that particular, it's, a, it's like a proof of constitution with your medical bill of rights. 
and that's in Article 14 that you have the right to ask for all those records. So you can, when you get to that specialist, you can take that with you. And instead of him having to go and do this research all over again, it's right in front of him. And he can have a jump off point to start helping you better your condition. So uh, I'm, uh, right now I'm maintaining, I'm, I'm stable. Uh, your body feels a little weird, yeah, because your kidney's not functioning at 100%. Uh, you get a little weak sometimes. There's some little side effects of that, and I'm on I'm on some meds now. The meds have side effects. I'm on a medicine uh, called Lokilma. Uh, I think it's out of India. Uh, it's it's a medicine that keeps the potassium level down because if the if the potassium level is too high, it will cause a heart attack. You have heart failure. You just drop. You're done. So, with that being down, it can't be too low. Can't be too high. Lokilma measures it level. Keeps it at a level at a level state. Uh, it has side effects. Uh, if you stay on it too long, it could fill your body up with fluid. And in my concern, when I go to the nephrologist tomorrow, I'm going to ask him about that. That fluid, can that get up around your heart? I mean, it, it, it's, that water is no good. So we want to find out about that too. So, and also, that kidney malfunction, if it's grave and untreated, if it's grave and untreated, it causes all kinds of problems. As I said, stated earlier, the nephron is the heartbeat of all of your organs. And one of the things that I read upon, and I'm, I have studied this thing to nausea. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm not gonna say I know as much as the doctor, but when I sit down with him, I can have a conversation with him about it. One of the things that it could cause is blindness. And along with the diabetes, it could cause blindness. So um, um, you wanna be aware of those things when you sit down, do all, and that's another thing. I'm gonna say this. In, uh, and my last thing here, and then I'll, I'll get back to uh, Reverend Jay. Um, you want to do as much research as possible. As you start to get into this, and you learn, and you start moving forward to these different doctors and different specialists, um, you want to do research. You can Google everything. Just ask it a question about your age, about the condition. Uh, hey, I'm 70 years old with, with CKD with a GFR of 31. You know, uh, can I eat this? It'll tell you what to eat, and it works. You can do your own research. Thank God for computers that God has allowed man to, to get this advanced. But you could use that to your advantage. So uh, I'm better off for it. Uh, I've, I've worked around some doctors with it. I've caught doctors in lies with it. And uh, uh, that, that's beneficial to me. And I'm going to leave you with this one thing. Remember, when you have a PA, and you, you can ask him. You have the right to ask that under the patient's bill of rights. You have the right to ask that doctor, are you a specialized MD or are you a PA? And it should have something on the wall stating that. And if not, he should be able to tell you. And if he won't tell you, then he is. And cut that off and get away from him. Uh, but in, in a normal situation where he's a professional and he says, yes, he is, and he's diagnosed you, get to that specialist. Do not let that doctor treat you. Don't. Normal stuff like high blood pressure medicine and stuff like that, probably okay. Um, but uh, you have a general practitioner for that, and you want that person to be an MD. The, the PAs are extremely dangerous. I think they're just getting it for the money. Hate to say it, but I think that's a fact. All right, so Andrew, <clears throat> we want to thank you for coming in today, coming into the room, and sharing out of your lived experience. And and I guess a takeaway, well, there's so many, but I guess a takeaway for our listening audience is that, first of all, we need to take ownership over our own health condition. We can't rely on a doctor or a physician's assistant to to diagnose us and then then 
you know, treat us with, with all the care we deserve. So we need to take ownership of our own condition. And as, as you can tell, Andrew has done a lot of research into his own condition. Um, unfortunately, it was a long period of time before he was referred to a specialist. Um, and he wasn't really made aware that it was um, a serious condition, a serious condition as it was. So he just kind of like sat on it. After all, he's a very health-minded person. He runs, he does, he works out every day, so his body looks good. But what was going on on the inside um, wasn't showing up on the outside just yet. Um, so a takeaway is to, you know, again, be aware of the numbers you need to do to take um, get copies of the numbers that that of these reports that are produced and and be able to bring them to a specialist if you in fact are diagnosed with something you need to insist on being referred to a specialist as opposed to just taking the word of the physician's assistant who in Andrew's case watched him go from uh, numbers like 58 down to 31 which is critical a critical jump over a long period of time so <clears throat> just um Andrew, we're going to keep, I'm asking our listening audience to keep you in prayer as you mentioned that you're going to be heading into a transplant. Um, we're going to keep you in our prayers and, and ask God to uh, bring healing where healing is needed. Um, I want to thank you again for coming in, Andrew, and sharing out of your lived experience. It is out of our lived experiences that we learn from one another. Um, people sometimes feel like they just go to the doctor they did what they had to do, and they expecting the doctor to do what he has to do, and it doesn't always happen. So, um, Andrew, thanks again. Um, Reverend J. Stewart Glover, you've been listening to Faith Talk. I would encourage you to visit the website at www.reverendjstuartglover.com where you can sign up as a recipient on the mailing list. You can reach out to me by email. You can even leave a uh, voicemail on the website to which I will respond and um, thank you again for being part of a listening audience that is beginning to leave a global footprint. Thank you. God bless you. See you next time.